She likes the podcast we listen to this our boy talk about life news and anything interesting welcome back everyone to a new episode of the chillax podcast i'm sorry everyone i realized right last week's episode you know last week's episode was supposed to be released the week before i kind of like posted it and everything and then i forgot to press publish so it's, it's just kind of left there you know until like one day i check the podcast like dashboard then i realized hey shit I thought I published this. I didn't publish it at all. So I ended up publishing it like one week later. So it came out like last week. So we missed one week of episode. But it's alright. It's alright. I mean, maybe you take a break from me, right? Yeah, but so far, I, I guess it's, it's fine. Uh, the podcast performance is doing alright. People are listening. People are following here and there. I think we might be able to reach like about 1k followers. Maybe by... Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year this year is what? January or February? Yeah, maybe around February um, we'll be able to reach 1k followers. That's my estimate. If I continue to make episodes, uh, which is quite a significant achievement. Like I never thought 1,000 people would care enough to follow. But it's not like 1,000 people will listen to the podcast. Like maybe now about every episode has about 300 people listening to it to 500. Which is not too bad. 500 if it's like a, a popular topic that people care about. But if it's more of a per- personal kind of topic that's more relevant to me or even overseas traveling, you'll be 300 or even lesser. So, I mean, to think about 300 people listening, mm, it's kind of interesting. A bit hard to imagine. I think I mentioned this quite a couple of times before. But it's nice. I'm just glad that there are people listening. And there's also quite a significant portion of people who are overseas that are listening in. So I presume like they are all Singaporeans that are listening in. I'm sorry, I couldn't reply to all the emails. Like, I don't know, maybe my priorities are not really there anymore. In the sense where like, I'm just going to focus on creating episodes and, and put my, the rest of my time into like other things instead. Where, you know, I feel more creatively fulfilled. I think I'm still fe- feeling creatively fulfilled when I just do episodes and talk about stuff but not to the extent where like i'm so like involved i want to make this podcast great and whatever it's just more of an outlet for me to talk about things and i'll just keep it going there really is no uh expectations anymore like i used to have and just do podcast episodes whenever i feel like it and whenever there are interesting things to talk about as well and to try my hardest to stick to the one week kind of schedule yeah, so I guess that's that. Um, I think the today's plan really is to just talk about things that are on the Ask Singapore subreddit, which is something that we do quite often, but I think this time around we kind of go for more varied topics instead that's more interesting, instead of something that's relevant, that is like, I suppose, very common that you keep complaining about the same thing, but this one is slightly different, very unique. So the first one we're going to talk about is the person asked, what is the single most bone-chilling ghost story you have personally experienced or heard of? Looking for terrifying stories, whether it's from army days, visiting hometowns, or foolish deaths from younger days. Extra points for linking proof or other references. So the most popular one, the person said, It's not too scary, but this is something I experienced myself. Two years ago, I moved into my new apartment with my family and have a bedroom all to myself. For some reason, during the first year of staying there, 
I always felt like I was being watched in my room. Every single day without fail, I would know when it hits 2am, exactly even without looking at my phone to check the time. I will just be doing my usual, usual stuff and then suddenly feel like it's 2am and that someone is there. Oh no. For some reason, it was clear to me that whatever was there was a young girl, no idea why I thought of that. My mood was worse. I would feel weirdly agitated at all times. I would start having issues with my mother too. At one point, a nun was invited to cleanse the house. I did not get good vibes from the procedure. My siblings felt the same too. Once she left, I immediately felt sleepy and slept, going to have sleep paralysis. Never had one of those in ages thought it was weird it happened on the day a nun came and right after she left. Anyway, after a few months later, I found out from my grandma that this house was bought over after a girl died in my room. She was a young girl too, probably in her 20s. Got the place because it was cheap. Ah, shit. Felt bad for her. Apparently, she didn't have a good relationship with her mom. My relationship with my mom was fine, but after moving it in, it did deteriorate for a bit. I can't feel her presence anymore. Didn't do much prayer or anything to get rid of her. Just wish her well and that she deserved better that it was over. Dang. That's kind of scary. But the last part was quite wholesome, which is nice. <laughs> I don't know, man. How does this kind of presence just create this kind of bad feelings? Maybe it's just unresolved death, I guess, when you don't die peacefully. Yeah. I don't know whether you guys believe in it, but I'm not too sure also. Yeah. The next uh, comment the person says, was about 5 or 6 when my grandma passed away. My mom told me she woke up on the 7th night because she heard me talking in the living room in the wee hours. I was sitting on the sofa having a full-on conversation with no one visible. When my mom asked who I was talking to, I told her grandma and pointed at the spot next to me. <laughs> she tapped out me back into the bedroom, kicked my dad awake, told him his mom was back to say goodbye and wrote us both under the blankets until morning. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense. This kind of reminds me of the time when, um, I don't know whether it's, I don't think it's real. Maybe it's just, you know, dreams, right? It's more of a recollection of what has happened. And it's more of like your brain kind of refresh, refreshing in some sense. Right? That's my understanding. And I think after my grand, grandma passed away, and it was around the time when I finished my O-levels, and I will be receiving my, my results pretty soon. And I think that was around the time when my grandmother passed away. And after she passed away, I kind of have a very weird, very vivid dream of her visiting me. And, and she, she kind of passed me a piece of paper. And I saw on the piece of paper were, were my O-level grades. And everything on it showed B, B3. And I was like, oh, okay, B3. Felt a bit disappointed, but it was alright. B3, not too bad. I didn't fail. And then end up, right? When I received my exams, uh, result, O-level results, the piece of paper they gave me, everything was freaking B3, man. Maybe except for one A2. But everything was, it was the same kind of feeling that I got when I saw it. Wow, everything B3. And I was like, hey, shit, did it just came true? I think what was very surprising was not because, like, my grandma appeared. Because the thing is, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? In hindsight, you think about, oh, you know, your dreams are more of like a recollection of what, has ex what you have experienced recently. So that kind of is not paranormal or not special, which I think is reasonable. But the fact that when she showed me the paper in my dream that I got B3, then that was kind of a bit freaky because I could have think of any single grade, right? 
But I, I thought of B3. Everything B3 some more. It could have been A2, A1. It could have been C. You know, I wasn't very confident when I went in to do my exams because I don't think I studied as hard. So it could have been a C. But it was B3, which is quite surprising. So that was quite a, kind of a unique situation that I never really experienced before. Yeah. And I think another one was, I mentioned it quite a, quite a few times before in the last time. Uh, I think during seven months, uh, my parents would, would kind of go and burn, burn the papers and burn the incense, right? Then I think when I was young, I would follow them to burn. And I think every single time when I burn, right, I would kind of make a joke. And I say like, it's the prosperity God. Um, um, I'll say in Chinese, uh, but I'll say but the English is the pro- prosperity God, if I'm not wrong. Uh, like sending money or burning money, giving money out. But I think that was kind of offensive. Could be. I wasn't very sure back then, but it felt offensive to me, but it was kind of funny. So I said it. And I said it three times in a row. Three, three times every year. So, so no, for three years, I, I said it. And I think every time after that, right, uh, I will fall. I will fall on my bicycle because I remember back then I was still riding a bicycle, going to visit my friends. And, and every time, right, for some reason, I'll ride and then I'll fall down after I mention such a thing, after burning the incense, directly, immediately waving the man, right, I will, I will fall down and, and the sky is quite deep. For the, for the three times, you know, three times I said it and three times I fell down from my bike and, and I, I left quite a, quite, quite a huge scar that is still, I can still see it on my hands, lah, but now it kind of slightly disappeared really. Yeah, but I can still see it. And that was quite surprising. Then after that, I kind of stopped. I think my mom also tell me to stop doing it because if you keep doing it, then it's keep it's happening. Then are you being an idiot? No, I just never talk about it anymore. Yeah. So it, it and it stopped afterwards. So that's that was quite interesting. Like maybe there's something somewhere that out there that is true, that it might be real, but I feel that, you know, if you don't go and do these kind of things, then it doesn't really bother you. And if you don't subscribe to it, I don't think it bothers you also. So maybe in the grand scheme of things, life is such such that there are different factions of like paranormal stuff. And then it depends on who you subscribe to. Then you are within uh, that domain itself and you are subscribed to their rules and rituals and everything. Yeah, you are affected and influenced by their by the paranormal rules of that particular religion or whatever not. Maybe. I thought about it quite quite a while after that. It's like, so if the Christian doesn't believe in the, in the Buddhist or the Taoist kind of God thing, or the ghost, or even seven months, are they affected by them? Not too sure. Yeah, so that's quite an interesting story. Yeah, okay, and another story. Mm, let me see. The person says, I have an army story that was puzzling at the, at the time. Now it's just a cool party story or something to scare the nephew and nieces. My company was having last period at about 8-ish. I was going to be on leave the day after. So after the initial roll call check strength. Meaning like, you know, counting the number of people in the group. Consolidate like, you know, when people, I think when at the start of the day or the end of the day, you all will kind of gather again, right? Then you will check how many people are available. Yeah, that is what it means by roll call and check strength. I headed up to my bunk on the last floor to pack up. I left with permission and was told that I would be the only one up 
So the strength of the comp, the, the company was 87 out of 88. There was a nice bathroom at the, sand, at the corner of the sergeant's corridor which only the sergeants used. So there was no reason for any other sergeant or trooper to be in the toilet. I took my staff and headed in only to realize the shower beside mine was running. Didn't think much of it at first, but after a solid few minutes, I asked out of curiosity who is the one showering. No answer. I asked again about two or three times. Still no answer. So I said, dude, just tell me so I can say you were with me and no one gets in unnecessary trouble. And asked again, hey, legit, who this? <laughs> to which the person replied my name. I was quite freaked out. And I asked again, don't be a funny clown, who are you? To which I got the same response, my name. This time, in a cheeky tone. After prompting a few more times, I just let it go and said, if you get in trouble, I ain't gonna help you. I try really. The person got out soon after that, and I started drawing myself as soon as I heard his door open. I rushed out to see who it was, only to find out no one around. Oh shit! I did the dumbest, dumbest thing I could do, and that was open the cubicle that the person was showering in, only to find out the whole place was dry. All cubicles and the sink, no one was there. I doubted myself for a bit and thought I was a bit, a bit like blur or. But I remember being fully conscious and looking at the water trickle down from his door when I was showering and I can see the water from his cubicle flowing into my cubicle drain. Ooh, shit. It really freaked me out. I went back to my bunk, changed and just took another walk around my level. By the time I was done, I went back to chew in my bunk till the other sergeants came back. I told them what happened and they said everyone was below and they even said the strength of the company before dis dismissing them. And it was just minus one, which was me. A Buddhist friend of mine did a small prayer for me and asked me to wash my hands and feet again before I left the camp. Dope story. <laughs> ten, 10 out of 10. We'll do it again. <laughs> oh my god, that's so scary. This sounds a lot like the army stories they tell. Where you're at Takong, then, then there were people showering in the toilet, but they weren't real. Yeah, this seems like a very uh, stereotypical kind of story of ghosts in army camp. I never really experience or witness any in the gong or or in in my camera i don't know maybe i just don't do that kind of uh security trooper night guard kind of thing like the only time i stayed late was in the gong because you stay overnight and i guess the toilet feels a bit freaky a bit scary but then you know you just try your best to when you go to the toilet you faster pee then you come out you bathe then you faster come out so i never really stayed quite long and never experienced anything and even when i was in my own unit i also didn't really experience much when we stay overnight to prepare for like the sea games and whatever sports events like at night it was kind of fine i think maybe the place is very new yeah newly erected buildings they don't have like old buildings that are like have a lot of ghost kind like someone can right yeah okay next comment this incident happened in 1990 after I had graduated from PA, posted to FDF. Okay, honestly, I'm not quite sure. This is so, so much jargon. Okay, maybe let's skip to the next one that is more relevant. This happened a long time ago. Those days, it was quite common to have class chalet. Yes, and it was at one of the Changi chalet. We were there together and celebrate someone's birthday. Dang. How long was it since I left? last went to a chalet? Man? How long was it for you guys since you last went to a chalet? I remember chalet was quite popular back then, isn't it? Especially secondary school, primary school, or even poly kind of activity. Do, do, do people go, still go chalet now? Is it like a thing? I don't know, man. Because I know that the downtown resort 
completely changed really. They don't have the shitty chalet, or maybe I don't know, maybe they still have it, but I know that they renovated and it becomes like a hotel kind of situation now. They have their own rooms and everything. Feels exactly like a hotel. And that is nice, I suppose. I went there once, but but um it just felt very different from a typical chalet. I think NSRCC is still around, right? Yeah. But I don't know who does this kind of chalet thing. Quite interesting. Like, unless you have a big group that always hangs out and then you go chalet, then it makes sense. But then you go chalet, what do you do now? Arcade? Go to the beach? Mm, do barbecue? But it's very tiring though. I remember chalet barbecuing was not fun at all. Somebody need to to step out and do the barbecue and the food was never good. The food was never cooked properly. So it was kind of like, it wasn't the f- most fun. It was interesting and fun with friends around, but it wasn't very comfortable, I have to say. Because there wasn't always enough, enough beats. You just squeeze, you just torn overnight. And that was painful. I don't really like torning or like staying up late overnight. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. So the person talked about he was at the Changi Chalet. Then when it was time to go, we left at around 2 to 2.30 a.m. We couldn't get any cab to come in near the chalet, so we had to walk along this stretch of quiet and white road. Oh, I remember. Changi there always had this kind of weird, very quiet, dark roads, right? It was eerily quiet, but it didn't felt so bad as there were altogether six of us while walking out, out of nowhere from the frosted area beside the road. We suddenly saw two ladies riding on a bicycle. This guy friend of mine who was a bit drunk then waved and we saw at them and said, Hey, Chobu, so late already, where y'all going? Why never joke? Oh, shit. The other guys were too tired, so they did not care much to look or engage. However, my two girlfriends and I turned and saw that the two ladies were faceless, grey and blank, but somehow smiling. Eh? Faceless but smiling. Both had long black hair and were in white shirt, which looked quite torn and old. Oh, shit. They also did not have any feet. We knew in that instant they were not human, so we charged our friend and advised him not to talk so loudly and to stop talking to them. But he was drunk, so he was like laughing and saying whatever. I turned back one last time out of curiosity and saw they were gone. The next day, this guy friend fell sick and had gotten a very high fever. Oh, shit. When he was sober, he mentioned he felt being followed while on his way home. Oh, crap. Even on the leave, he felt being watched even though he was alone. He also had difficulties opening the door when he got home, even though he had the keys. Eventually, his dad had to wake up to open the door for him. Till this day, I can still remember the blank but smiling faces. Time to time, I still wonder who, what they were, but their outfits and bicycle definitely look like they came from wartime. Dang. Moral of the story, do not try to speak or engage with anyone at night when you are outside, especially when it's so late like 2am and you are in some Ulu place like Changi. Oh, ah, so do they still, are those girls still haunting him? Wow, but then why does this kind of haunting is like, you know, it causes high fever. Like what's the, what's the rationale and what's the reason? Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Another one. Came home from family outing, everyone buzzing around while I walked into the bathroom to wash my feet without turning on the lights. Saw someone hiding behind the bathroom door. Oh, fuck. Laughed and thought it was my mom because I saw her enter the house first and even helped her spray water at her feet. Saw a toast we go and rub in the water then told her if she was trying to scare me it wasn't work- working. 
walked out to, <laughs> walked out to my mom putting away groceries. At least the ghost gets to have clean feet, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck? Someone, somebody replied. How are you so casual about this? I will faint. Jeez. Oh my god. If that happens, right, I will be damn scared, man. I mean, usually at home, right, when it's night time, I wouldn't turn on the lights. So I will just walk. Walk in and pour my water. Do whatever I need to do. And that was a bit fucked up, uh, honestly. <laughs> Ayo. Okay, last one, last one. I like to jog on and off at East Coast Park. I usually go early in the morning as the beach is pretty empty and it's quite nice weather-wise. There have been instances on and off where when I've left home a little earlier than usual and felt like I was being watched or someone was calling my name. Usually I have my AirPods on and I keep it on a noise-canceling noise cancelling mode as I don't have any social interaction at the time of the day. I recollect taking off my headphones, my earphones several times as I, as I could hear someone calling me but nobody would come by. It was always accompanied by a feeling of being watched. Looking back, it would also be really silent where I will not hear or see any insects or wind or rats. ECP has a lot. It would, ECP as in East Coast Park. Lah. It would disappear when I would leave that particular spot. This is, a, this is along a stretch that somewhat decently lit but still super dark, almost like a forest. I made a mistake of leaving home once around 3.45 to 4 a.m. Wow, this guy hustle cultures, yeah. 4 a.m. wake up. Oh my god. Which was a bit too early in hindsight. Something similar happened. I said it was coming from above. What? I looked up and saw something that was human shaped. Jump from branch to branch. For a few seconds, it literally looked like a human from what I could see. Jesus, what is that? I was just frustrated and exhausted from the insomnia and I chalked it out to being so exhausted that I ignored it and continued walking. It was after only I got home was when I realized that it was definitely wasn't normal or unexplainable. Uh, I now go a little later than usual and I've learned to ignore anything that might seem off but I've kept some parts of the story a little, a little vague as I'm a, a bit worried about being dogs. Okay, I do have a lot to share when it comes to supernatural stories as my family has had some interesting encounters. Oh, shit. Okay, so somebody actually replied to this comment and somebody experienced a similar thing. So the person said, I rather my team... Wait. I rather, I rather my teammates experience the thing jumping from branch to branch before. Okay, I think this person's English not so good. I was an NS policeman back in 1989. I was posted to East Coast Park Police Post during one of the night shifts together with one regular and two other PNS, not sure what that means, we went on a patrol in a police jeep. It was around 3 to 4 a.m. and it was drizzling the whole night. We were driving along the bicycle path just after the notorious yellow light house when the regular stopped the jeep. In front of us, there was a fallen tree trunk. We were told to move the trunk aside as it was blocking our path. All of us got off the jeep. I went to the bottom part of the trunk to lift it up while my teammates tried to lift it from the top. As we were lifting the trunk, my teammates screamed and dropped the trunk. What? I heard some rustling of trees, of leaves from nearby tree branches. My regular shot at me to hurriedly get back into the jeep. Once we were all aboard, the regular did a speedy reverse and sped off from there and into ECP Expressway. I am a Chinese but I do understand a bit of Malay back then. The regular and the two other PNS are Malays and they were speaking in their language. I can sense the seriousness, fear and tension in their voices. 
I asked the regular, Hamza, he has since passed away in the late 90s due to kidney failure. What happened? And since I am a part of the team, I should be kept in the loop. Hamza asked me if I saw anything. I said I didn't see anything, but I heard rustling of tree leaves in the near, from the nearby trees. Hamza told me that as he and the other two PNS were lifting the trunk, a Pontianak emerged from the fallen tree and jumped up into a nearby tree. They saw it from their own eyes. I have to admit that at the moment I heard the rustling of tree leaves, the hair on my back stood up. This was my first encounter with the supernatural and it was not my last. I eventually ROD and signed on as a regular. During the time, during the training at PA and during the course of my career, I have encountered things or events that cannot be explained by science. Okay, interesting. Dang, I didn't know such things exist in Singapore. I don't know, man. As society and Singapore modernizes, do they still exist? Or do they just eventually kind of like evaporate and disappear? Are we the fuel to their existence? Not too sure. And imagine if we cut down all the trees and all the scary areas. Would they still be alive? I'm not too sure. But I mean, somewhere, somehow, every corner in the world, I mean, in Singapore, there will always be some dark corners or whatever it is, right? I guess they can still reside there. Not too sure. But this sounds quite interesting. Wow. This sounds like what, one of the ghost stories, right? That is quite popular. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, this was quite an interesting one. Very different from the usual stuff that I talk about. Um, yeah, and I'll see you guys next time.